Hi, my name is Sibonis Ngumalo, a portfolio manager at the Old Mutual Investment Group, Macro Solutions. This is our investment perspectives, a look back over the last quarter's investment performance. What's driven performance? How have we performed? And then an outlook into what could drive performance into the future. Over the last quarter, we've had a tougher time than we have over the last 18 to 24 months. Each time I've stood presenting our performance to you, we've been posi well positioned for a cyclical recovery and our clients have been winning in that particular market. And with our funds, and we're demonstrating very strong performance. Up until May, June was a tough month um, for our funds and our positioning, and we're gonna touch on why that was a tough month um, later on. But first, I'm gonna start with a quote from a famous economist called John Maynard Keynes. And he talked about inflation, because inflation mattered in this particular quarter. By continuing a process of inflation, governments can confiscate secretly and unobserved an important part of the wealth of their citizens. But now, before we talk about inflation and the impact on returns in the current quarter, let's step back and look at our investment philosophy at Macro Solutions. Our pragmatic investment approach looks at the market through two lenses. We call them theme and price. Price is the valuation of an asset, and a theme is the long-term drivers, and we call them, we break them down into four. It's macro drivers, industry drivers, company drivers, and ESG drivers. We like those drivers to have extent or duration, which means they can play out over a long investment horizon. Themes can either be improving or deteriorating, and that's what we've got to pay attention to. So what themes are out there that we can invest in, that are investable, um, that we can obviously for a long period of time. And in improving themes over time leads to a upward revisions or positive revisions in earnings and profitability of a company and a re-rating positively of the company. A deteriorating theme obviously goes the other way. And so in the first quarter, I spoke about two key themes we saw playing out in the second quarter. First quarter, I talked about inflation and liquidity tightening. Those are macro themes, and we saw those playing out in the second quarter, and we're going to touch on them, and you're going to see them coming through in terms of what happened in the markets and how we were positioned. But twice a year, our investment team pauses all of its activities in order to research these long-term themes that drive global markets. We've just completed our mid-year themes research. So let's talk about what came out of there. There were three things that we were asking questions on and three themes that we focused on. One was South Africa. Our clients have benefited from us being positioned towards South Africa in our portfolios um, over the last 18 to 24 months. And so therefore, naturally, we needed to go back to that work that we had done that positioned clients' funds appropriately um, towards a cyclical recovery in South Africa. We wanted to ask ourselves, is that recovery still sustainable? What about reform? What about the politics that are going on in South Africa and the load shedding that is all over show that's impacting sentiment towards South Africa? So our team stopped and talked to politicians, talked to industry players, did lots of in-depth research, finding out and testing out our investment theory thesis in terms of actually what's going on in South Africa and testing out some themes related to South Africa. The second one was the global cycle. Markets move in cycles. So it's important to know when you're investing, where are you in the current cycle and what is next? So the last time in the first quarter, I spoke about the risk of a recession rising. 
So therefore, we spend some time understanding what the impact of a recession would be in markets and in your funds. And so therefore, we paid attention to that. We looked at U.S. earnings, which are very, very high. And we looked at actually the U.S. earnings has benefited from some material tail tailwinds over the last decade or so, which are now starting to turn into headwinds. What does that mean for the world? What does it mean for the dollar? Um, what does it mean with the Fed is tightening so aggressively. And so we looked at that as part of our thematic work. And the last one, we looked at China. China is an important market. It's the second largest market in the world. And commodities are inflation beneficiaries. So they benefit from rising inflation. And so, but now commodity prices are already high and were high coming into this quarter, but driven by supply side constraints. Um, and China is important for commodities. Commodities are important for South Africa and our currency and our economy. And so therefore we needed to know where is China going? But why were we asking the question about China? Well, China's, because of their COVID lockdowns, they're already in a slowdown. So actually we've got an unsynchronized global growth environment. So now with that as a context, let's come back to what happened in the second quarter. The second quarter, proved tumultuous for global financial markets. Inflation breached 8%, both in the US and in Europe, compared to the target of 2%. Rattled by persistently high inflation, central bankers around the world have reacted, have ratcheted up their rhetoric of fighting inflation at all costs. This result has been in a repricing of global interest rates, leading to a charge has been the US Federal Reserve, which has hiked interest rates three times in the last three meetings, including a rather jumbo 75 basis point hike at their last market, the biggest hike since 1994. This repricing of short-term interest rates is reflected in surging bond yields. The sharp rise in the cost of capital has put significant pressure on financial assets, which had previously benefited from ultra-low interest rates. The dollar has appreciated with the broad trade rate dollar rising 6%. On the other side of that, it means that especially emerging market currencies, the RAND has depreciated. We saw global equities fall 16% in dollar terms in the quarter. That's a material fall. The S&P 500 fell 16%, MSCI Europe index was down 14%, and emerging markets outperforming the US were down 11%. Growth shares underperformed value shares in a rising inflation and bond yields undermined the story of growth stocks, which had been very persistent over the last decade. As growth concerns mounted, cyclical commodity prices came under pressure. We saw copper falling 20%, iron ore 14%, rhodium 28%, palladium 15%, and platinum 9%. Energy prices, however, remained stubbornly high, with oil rising 7% as Russia's invasion of Ukraine aggravated already strained supply concerns. Coming back again, in rand terms, the JSC All Share Index was down 12% led by lower resources, which fell 21%, financials by 15%, and that was the story. Better performance by the industrials was largely reflected by the NASPERS process group, which rose 42 and 32% respectively, on the back of management announcing a significant share buyback program. Local inflation rose 6% in May, and we're likely then to see the Reserve Bank continuing to increase interest rates. Now, putting all of that together, Ultimately, how were we positioned for what happened in this last quarter? A tough market, tough market globally. And actually, the wonderful story I've told you about our outperformance over the last few months, 18 to 24 months, yeah, didn't quite work as well in the last quarter. 
the last quarter we struggled a bit and actually our struggles came from primarily being underweight in the NASPES process group and being overweight in South Africa and domestic assets and in a risk-off environment those actually tended to underperform and so therefore we were incorrectly positioned for this particular quarter but actually those calls of underweight NASPES and overweight South Africa have worked exceptionally well over the last 18 to 24 months and so we continue to hold those although we change them so a tough quarter but over the long term those very calls actually were the beneficiaries what had driven um, better investment returns for clients so in terms of our positioning as we sum up yes inflation has been an issue markets have come off quite materially and in fact they come off faster than we thought that they would come off and so our ability to position for that actually was hampered a little bit we just didn't see the market pricing in inflation at the speed that it started pricing it in our fund therefore has continued to slowly transition towards a defensive posture we probably took too long in doing that but we have continually kept chipping away at reducing our exposure to cyclical sectors which is resources banks and apparel retailers or clothing retailers while adding to the more defensive sectors with pricing power tobacco and luxury um, that can alleviate some of the inflation pressure we still hold the material overweight in oil because we believe that oil has supply side constraints that we should be sustained into the future that inflation will be persistent and that oil will be a beneficiary we still underweight the NASPERS process group because when we look at that group in particular now that the discount has been narrowed the story is about Tencent and Tencent ultimately is a tech company and a growth company and we think rising rate environment should continue to lead to its underperformance thank you i will see you next time and hopefully next time i'll have a better story to tell